Welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. It's not just enough to know of God, we want you to know Him. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, it's time to rethink life the way God intended. This is the Genesis Post Sunday Podcast. Hello, all you post-Sunday podcasters. Yes, that's right. My name's Tim Grandstaff. I'm the lead pastor of Genesis Church, and I am the main host today. I get the captain's chair, and I get the cup holder. (laughs) As Johnny Fuego, my co-host, takes the other chair, what is up? How are you doing? What's up, man? I'm excited. I, I, uh, this is the hot seat. This is the hot seat. Um, I sweat uh, a little bit more in this one, in this this side of the <laughs> of the table. But it's it's good, man. Like I, I love it. I'm excited. It, it only means one thing. I, I have spoken. Hey, I have spoken. I, I tell people. I tell you. Just just breathe. Breathe right now. You don't know what I'm bringing no. your way. <laughs> I think this these podcasts are worse than the these are the ones I look forward itself. to the most. For everyone that watches and everyone that listens, this is the day that the Lord has made, yeah. and I will rejoice in this one and be yeah. glad. If you're in watching it. us on YouTube, uh, Pastor Tim always has probably the biggest smiles on his face when he is just running the ship. So I'm in ahead, control. I'm in control of the switcher. I'm in control of the cup holder. I'm in control of everything that happens in your life right except, now. Except for Sunday. Yeah. You, you you were gone. Yeah, so I was. <laughs> you I was. had no you must have been a little worried uh, that this this young Pentecostal preacher is coming in. <laughs> but I, I was I was watching from Scotland. So therefore uh, I, I had at any moment the ability to make a phone call and you, say, shut it all you down. You were fasting and praying, <laughs> man, this guy. <laughs> I, I had a direct line to everything in the producing booth. You do. Mute them. You do. Shut them down. Live feed. Cut it, it. The whole nine yards. <laughs> so, well, anyways, welcome everyone watching and listening, whether you're on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube. This is the Post Sunday Podcast. This is a podcast designated to walking through the words of God. We started January 1 in Genesis chapter 1, and now here we are in the Sermon on the Mount today. So we have made our way through. We highly encourage you, if this is your first time listening or watching, go back. Many of our podcasts are on video on YouTube, on our YouTube channel, as well as all of the last uh, few weeks and months are on Spotify and YouTube, iTunes. Um, we're also on, uh, what are we on? We're on X. We're on, yes. we're on TikTok. We're on Snapchat. We're on Instagram. And as always, we want you to follow. We want you to hit that like button. And as we are growing and progressing as a podcast and reaching more and more people yes. every single week, we are also building a podcast team. So if you are local, we are here in Orlando, Florida. This is an extension of Genesis Church Orlando. However, you don't have to attend our church to be part of this podcast. It is a resource for everyone, not just here locally, but around the world, as we help you understand the Bible and rethink life the way God intended. Did I get it all right? Dude, you, uh, you're smashing it. Good job. Proud of you. We might have to trade chairs for a while. You're doing great. If you bring the right content today, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna switch with you for a long time. 
Just a quick correction. We do not have a Snapchat yet. <laughs> We're not getting one of those. Exactly. I just figured at everything this point else. we had yeah, everything just, else. Yeah, exactly. So, We're on all social media. For, for all those that are listening or watching, it is uh, hurricane season. Oh, my gosh. So this last week we had our first hurricane of the year. Hopefully our only one. Yeah. And as we get to do as Floridians, we watch all the new people go nuts. Berserk. Go nuts. And Water's make, gone. Toilet paper's it makes gone. You want to go berserk. Yeah, but you can't. Cause because we're okay. No. Yeah, I'm watching Not my wife. I'm watching the Weather Channel last week in like the morning of the hurricane. They're like, uh, what is it, Jim Cantor? Is that his name? From yeah. from the Weather Channel. By tonight, I'm gonna watch the sunset. The skies are gonna be so clear. Like <laughs> This thing's done. <laughs> it's over. And I was trying to catch a flight out to Scotland anyway, so I needed yeah. it to push through. Guess what happened, though? I got up early the morning of the hurricane, and I thought, well, my gym's probably not open, so I'm going to go work out in the garage because I have enough to work out in the garage and get my workout in the right way. Fooled. I left the garage door open that night. Wide open. Come on. But nothing. We didn't get enough wind. We didn't get enough rain, at least here in central Florida. To do anything. Nothing like, like was messed up. No, all, all the way open. I don't know if I've ever done Goodness that. Gosh. Maybe one other time since I lived there. You can't do that up north. I left it open Florida, on the can. night of a hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> of all nights. That's a true Florida. I was going right to hit there. the door to open it up to allow the breeze to come <laughs> yeah. through while I was working out. Nope. I left it open all oh night my gosh, long. Bro. But everything's okay. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. You didn't lose nothing. Outside. Either. Inside yeah. your house, I'm sure it was a... Complete catastrophe. Yeah, yeah. The wifey gets a little bit nervous, you know, anxious, trying to make preparations with the fam, you know. Do we all get together? Where do we hunker? And Oh, my and gosh. I get it, man. But you're running that fine line of, like, I want to sympathize with you, but then I just... I'm like getting so many sources of information that are like telling me otherwise and how this thing is. Jennifer, you don't need will a bunker, Jennifer. I know you're listening. <laughs> you don't need an underground bunker for the hurricane. You have a really nice, solid center block house in central Florida. We, you're good. We got what we call a uh, the Hobbit room. And uh, it's stop. Like a, it's like a little room that, oh, we, uh, that we hunker in. I'm completely so. dead. <laughs> If I was you, I'd have taken a paddleboard in your little pond out back and started rowing in the middle That's of it. That's my biggest worry now, man. I was traumatized from the last one. Uh, it just left us, like, stranded for four days. Like, we were, like, in a little island of our own, <laughs> our own community, Much myself, Chad. and Yeah, it was crazy, but. Well, it's, it's only fitting that we talk about hurricanes because I think that that is such a great segue into where we're headed yeah. on this week's episode and the podcast because... Uh, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about when Jesus arrives, not only in the text, in the scriptures, but in the lives of the people that we see, these real people in real places at real time. It's a full, all-out disruption like a hurricane brings in your life. And so tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to jump in on the PSPQ question of the day. We can. We can it, hit it, it now. Actually, uh, it actually launches really well with what we're talking producer about stanton so is in the house I am and here. uh so we're gonna we're gonna hit it at this oh, moment bro. and we're gonna unfold the whole morning and a whole podcast off of the pspq of the day Let's you're go. gonna like this i showed johnny earlier i made a new pspq intro nice Your man. tim shirt Great. is very fitting for this so i hope you're ready 
It is time now for Pastor Tim and Johnny to break down and dissect this week's question on everyone's favorite segment, the PSP Question of the Day. That's what I'm talking about. Let's go. Let me, hey, hold on. So this is this is the PSPQ theme when I'm in this chair. When you come back, you don't get the Rocky. When theme. I come back, I want I want you don't. I want some hip hop. You oh. get you get Britney Spears. No. <laughs> when when Johnny gets back in the chair, there's a more epic one than the Rocky I, one I just played. I oh, want bro. "Hit Me Baby" one more time by Britney Spears. Whenever Johnny's in the chair. Oh, you're gonna get something. Well, I'm in the you. chair. When I'm in the chair, we're getting rocky. Oh, man. All right, Stanton, hit us with the PSPQ of the week. So I want to thank Mr. Larry Murray for this question, sending it in. The question loyal, reads, yes, very loyal. He asked majority of the questions, and we thank you for the questions and keeping us alert and keeping us fresh every week. But his question reads, can you expand on what being a disciple of Jesus looks and sounds like on a daily basis? When it talks about leaving everything behind and following, what does that look like in today's life? All right. Well, I usually you do lead off. Yeah. But you're in that seat. I am in that seat. Um, I think it's just a, a fitting question for what we talked about this past Sunday. I mean, and if anything, I think it may have answered some que- uh, the question that he asks, but... Uh, there is no difference, man, between what the expectations were back then and what the expectations are now. I think uh, just our culture has changed. Um, you know, there's there's a tech, techno- technological uh, shift and advancement in our in our in our age right now. Um, but when it comes down to it, the pra- the the morals, the standards, the 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 regulations, the rules, the the principles of life, they remain the same. And, and I think for us, you know, I think when, when we, when we think about, you know, uh, when we think about getting rid of, or, or, uh, how the disciples just picked up their stuff and left, we think in very dramatic methods, right? Um, but it can look different with each person's life. Um, for some, it, it may mean, you know, letting go of certain relationships, that is what's going to allow you to draw near to God. For others, it may be uh, releasing yourself from uh, so much work responsibility and allowing your plugging yourself into ministry and plugging yourself into uh, an opportunity to serve. That That's what's letting go and giving all. Right. And so I think when we think in those terms, we think we got to quit our jobs. We got to, you know, have a minimal relationship with our family and it's got to be all ministry and it's got to be all this and um but i it, it's not that's just not the 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 way that it's that i think is intended I, I i think like i said every person has a different life a different format um but the principles don't change and so as long as you can continue to have those disciplines and principles at the forefront of your life in whatever whatever sphere you're in i think it allows um the person to thrive and the person to really be the disciple that jesus is calling them to be so i i would just add that um there is a movement in your faith from belief to follow yeah right and so um i believe that the the pace is different Mm -hmm. for every disciple of jesus but the plan is not 
if we could say it that way. The plan is for everyone to be a disciple of Jesus. The pace may be different in the sense of how people are moving along on that journey, right? And therefore, we can't dictate the pace, but we do understand the plan. And the plan of discipleship is really rooted in obedience. It was for Abraham, as we talked about even last week on the pod, and it was for the disciples. Abraham's willing to go when God says go. The disciples are willing to drop their nets when God says drop your nets. Mm. That doesn't always mean it's a change of vocation, but it means a willingness to do whatever God is calling or asking you to do. So at the, the root of it is obedience. The pace may take a little longer for some people, but the plan doesn't change. And we don't use the word discipleship enough. And I think that what you did Sunday and what we're doing over the next few weeks is really reviving that within the minds and hearts of people that it's not just enough to say, I believe in God. It's more about how am I following the way of God or following his son, Jesus in my faith. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That that's, that's, that's it. And I love that. In the last two weeks, it, it feels very discipleship driven, very yeah. discipleship focused, even with our call to action with a group life. Like that's, it's a discipleship opportunity for people whether you're receive, on the receiving end or on the giving end of it. so well, For us as a church, the whole thing has been discipleship. Yeah. From, I mean, strategically from January 1 this year in 2023, and it's been, we've seen people growing at a certain pace. Some are just sponges absorbing it, just taking it all in. Their binders are filled with notes. Other people are like, I'm still unpacking this way back here, but it's changing me, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so... Now we're moving into those next levels and we're watching the people that are moving there with us and then other people that are, they're coming, yeah. but it's all kind of opening their eyes and their ears to new things yeah. about who God no is. excuses. I think this year, man, if you haven't really dived into the endless amount of um, ammunition and resources we've provided, I, that's, that's a you problem, honestly, because yeah. we've provided a podcast, we've got a website, uh, a website page dedicated for all the resources we're giving. We got pamphlets. We got, I mean, you name it, man. I mean, we're just, you know, and this is coming out of our time and effort. You know, this is not, you know, someone's putting in the sacrifice to provide this. And we're doing that with, a, with an obedient and glad heart. And so you and, have to just be willing to weed through the disruptions. Yes. And that is where you really stepped in. On Sunday, you had a, a moment where you wanted to p- poke fun at ringtones. Of course. And uh, and my ringtone. And you weren't and there. So I had to, you know, <laughs> utilize or work it to my advantage as much as possible to While I agree with your you. infatuation with the Backstreet, your Boys. Backstreet Boys. I need a Backstreet Boys t-shirt. Like you have a Biggie Smalls t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> with so all of them. With all of them. I'm okay with that. <laughs> they, I'm, I'm down with that. However... I will agree with you that that was my ringtone at one That's at fun. one point in my life. So wow. although you were just kind of like, you know, poking at me, you hit it on the head. Yeah. My question would be, what would be your ringtone? Oh, if, if, if I, if no one knew you and okay. we came up behind you one. at Publix, what would it have been? I got one. I got, uh, Eminem lose yourself. Okay. That would this is this is the Johnny Fuego with the shaved head and the wife beater this on is, yes. at thirteen years old, intense, ready to go <laughs> up on stage and spit bars. I got a picture. Like, I'm going to the Jennifer next gave me that. 
But I've heard you rap. It ain't the same. It ain't the same. <laughs> you no. can yeah, sing yeah, like no yeah, other. Yeah. Rapping is not your thing. <laughs> and, not and I don't know if uh, singing within a white beater is going to do it. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. It doesn't look as hardcore. Oh, man. So, uh, but, you know, you were using that to talk about just the fact that cell phones go off. Yeah. Daily in our life, just the reality of those types of moments. And yeah. one of the things you were bringing to light was the fact that uh, we get distracted a lot, but that's really what a disruption's all about. It's, it is. It's, it's doing those things. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, my, my initial thing was like, yeah, we, we face con some of these disruptions. This hurricane was a bit of a disruption for us throughout the week, but we don't realize that cell phones are probably the biggest disruption that we face on a consistent basis. It's a notification tab on your phone that is constantly ringing. And you could have a conversation with somebody, but not even be there because the notification light is coming on. And all that all that's doing is bringing a disruption to that conversation. And one of the things that I find myself uh, just in, in that black hole is, is social media and Twitter. Twitter, you know, you can find yourself just it be, can become one of the largest distractions that we find and we see that and there's evidence of that. And so if I can be on social media for 30 40 minutes without even realizing it. And my wife will be like, Hey, um, you know, like, <laughs> are you there? And, 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 and it's because if I'm not careful, it can become the largest distraction for me. And what I talked about on Sunday was basically disruption can equal, can become a distraction in your life. And you have to be careful with that. Um, and so we talked about that and, you know, and 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 here now we are uh, presenting uh, the the Sermon on the Mount, and just as equally, it it was a disruption to um, those people to the Jewish nation at that time. You know, they 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 it sent so much shockwaves. It, it was one of those just things that were so, it was so unexpected. Right. And, and we can talk a little bit about yeah, I that think expectation when, from them. But, yeah, it was it was something that they were just like it, it, shook, it shook them when you were hitting it. You know, there was that moment where it's kind of that question. And I know that you asked it in the morning and it, you, for our listeners today is what disruptions are you allowing in your life? Because yeah. you're going to allow a disruption. Yeah. Everybody does. So when it comes to social media or your phone, how do you limit disruptions you know are not uh, that are not good for you or are distractions to yeah. you? You know, it's like I don't do an, an iWatch, you know, and so my wife's like, we need to get you on. A, I don't want my wrist buzzing all day long. It, right. Yeah, I just don't want that. And definitely. I turn off my social media notifications. They don't come on my phone. So I don't see anything till I actually go inside of the app. And my phone's still a distraction but I'm trying to limit those disruptions. The flip side is, would, how are you allowing Jesus to disrupt your life, right? Mm -hmm. Is your life flowing in such a way and going in such a direction that you haven't allowed Jesus to disrupt? You're allowing everything else to disrupt your life, but you're not allowing Jesus to, and you really, you, you were landing really within the Sermon on the Mount, which is three chapters of the Gospel of yeah. Matthew, right? And yet we know it's the greatest the greatest sequence of teachings of Jesus. It's the longest recorded sermon message we get from Jesus. And as you said, when these people come and they hear it, it's a disruption for their entire way of living. 
talk about why. Yeah. Uh, so with the, you know, the, the Jewish nation, just at this time, man, uh, there's so much history uh, that they have been through. And what I wanted to talk about was just the understanding that the kingdom of God, uh, that, that, that uh, Jesus was teaching the people uh, and his disciples how the kingdom of God operates. Because it's been over 400 years that the people of God had had uh, any, um, any communication or anything from God. There, it, it was a dry spell of that. And so Jesus wanted them to understand how, what, how to follow a king, but, but how to understand the kingdom ways and what it is. And one of the things that really uh, connected with me was uh, in order for us to really understand the kingdom ways, we have to be okay with breaking misconceptions in our life. Because so many times in our life, um, the biggest obstacle for us is learning how to unlearn certain things in our life that we grew up with yeah. that have really led us to become who we are at this moment. That's really, I mean, that's, that to me is a great first step into what you taught and what you're trying to explain. Because when we hurt, when we hear the phrase kingdom of God, yeah, that can be very foreign to us. We yes. don't. We think medieval times. You said that last week. We yeah, think you we know. Don't we don't that. live in castles and kings. The 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 closest thing we've ever seen was just a last in the last few months when you know there's a new king of England, right? Because <laughs> I think it was back in the 30s the queen was yeah, coronated, was, and so we haven't seen it on TV. We haven't seen another nation or or, or country crown a king to even know what that looks like. So it becomes foreign. But I think the importance is that the reason you use this phrase kingdom of God and the reason that you hone in on the kingdom of God is because that is what John the Baptist says. He's preparing the way. Yeah. The kingdom of God is at hand. Yeah. That that phrase is meaning that it has arrived, not that it's coming. That's why we say like Matthew says kingdom of God. John says kingdom of heaven. They're still talking about the same thing. They're not talking about a one when I die place or somewhere down the line book of revelation. They're saying the kingdom has arrived because the king has arrived. Yeah. That changes people's misconceptions right away does, in yeah. that the kingdom of God is not something I get to. Yeah. The kingdom of God is here. And you really, you hit that so well right up front because the relearning and rethinking is the key in all this, right? Yeah, it is. Because of what we carry with us. Yeah, and, and Jesus says it. You, you've heard it taught that. You've, you've heard it said that, right? And it's because it's been so long that they have been receiving these ri ritualistic uh, laws and do's and don'ts and commands that have been uh, customized and created to to cater to these Pharisees and Sadducees and religious leaders that that's what they've grown up understanding and here is Jesus saying I before you, you, you've decided now to follow me well now now I have to break you now I have to break I have to search you I have to break you and break the misconceptions in your life uh, because the only way to go forward is for us to take a little bit of a step back in the breaking so that we can propel ourselves to go forward. And that that's kind of the analogy, you know, that that it is here. 
as he so did. here's here's the misconception that you led with and you really just sat in this passage of scripture for the not the entirety because you really summarize the sermon on the mount we'll get to that in a yeah. moment but you started with matthew 5 1 seeing the crowds he went up on the mountain and when he sat down his disciples came to him yeah and that first misconception for some people is the realization that the Sermon on the Mount wasn't for the crowds. Mm. It was for his disciples. They came to sit with him. The crowds just followed. So these teachings are specifically for his disciples, right? Yeah, yeah. His disciples came. And and, and, and I mean, that that's kind of what you spoke about last week. If you want to be a follower, right? And, and, and I, I have to believe, and again, this is maybe my opinion. I just got to believe that uh, here is Jesus. Um, he's preaching or he's speaking on these things. Um, it's believed that it's, it's, you know, it's been said or or studied. It could have could have been in a span of several days of him having these conversations, but Jesus was, was in his second year of ministry, uh, and, and at the, and, and what they call the year of popularity. And so Jesus has gained popularity. You've sat here and you've literally seen him get baptized You've heard him, heard John the Baptist speaking about him. You heard of audible voice from God and a dove come down from heaven saying, this is the, this is the guy. So you, are, there is a buzz. There is, there is something about this. And so uh, I can only imagine, yes, the intentions of Jesus was to give this and feed this to his disciples. But I, I can only think to myself that he knew that, that this could, this could trickle. This is, you know, there is no way for me to get away from these crowds, so to say. So whatever I'm going to tell you guys, yes, it's for you, but this is going to ricochet and really, really get to the hearts of many, and uh, which is going to, as we'll talk about in a little bit, but it's, it's going to make them have a crossroad moment. We're breaking a lot of misconceptions for people because... Jesus is not the European, Scandinavian, you know, painting that you've seen, yeah. you know, the oil painting or the stained glass window. Yep. He is Jewish. Yeah. He, he, he comes from, you know, Nazareth and he calls Jewish disciples unto himself. And that alone changes things. And as you said, for the nation of Israel, they had their own perception of what the king would be when he arrived and that's the danger there are people today that are no different than than the jewish people back then yeah we have our own conception of what jesus is or would be or should be and i've heard everything from jesus is white to jesus is black to jesus is an mma fighter jesus is you know a social reformist because Wherever we bend and go, we try to form Jesus into that context. And for the nation of Israel, they were doing the same thing. They were under the oppression of Rome. So real people and real places at real time. Rome has authority over them, over their their land. And so they have this, this conception that when the king arrives, it's going to look much different. Yeah, and, and, and I, I would go even further, man. You know, as we talked about, the Jews went, you know, they, they, it's, 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 it's a history of oppression, occupation, and slavery. They've been slaves for, for 400 years under Egypt's reign. 
They were slaves for the Syrians. They were slave for the Babylonians. And, and, and all they knew was this oppression. And as you said, Rome is now the one uh, above them, oppressing them politically, oppressing them economically, oppressing them in, in militarily. And so there was such a longing for a savior to come and, and really uh, bring them a disorder. Um, there, there's a desire, there's, there's a longing for a savior, and it's, it's at its all-time high right now. And they know it. There's an expectation that the Messiah is to be here with us at this time. So they're awaiting this, and they're sitting here. But again, they, they're making these misconceptions as to uh, they, they're, they're, they're molding this Messiah to their way and shaping him to the way that of their liking based on their oppression, based on their uh, current situation. And, and, it, and Jesus comes, and, and, he, and he's the Messiah, and he, does, he doesn't do anything that they are wanting or desiring. They want him. They want a Messiah that's going to drive the hated Romans, that it's going to drive out oppression, take advantage of this this whole political, economical and military side of things. But Jesus is not doing that here in the Sermon on the Mount. And that is what's really sending shockwaves across Jerusalem. That's so good. We we struggle with this on all levels because we want to put Jesus in a box when we say that we don't. And we want to make him out to be something that he possibly wasn't. Yeah. We do this with religion. Yeah. You know, at, at Genesis Church, people struggle because we are a non-denominational church. Now, when we started and said we were non-denominational, we had a reason for that. Now it has its own connotations and, in, in, you know, conceptions from people. At the same time, we get people from all different church backgrounds. That's and true. they're like, well, we want you to be more like this person church background and we want you to more be more like our church background and and why can't you do it like this and why can't we do a little bit more like that and they have a hard time and they struggle with the fact that we just say hey we're going to be who we are yeah right and while that doesn't compare to the story of Jesus it is a reality that we are always trying to make something really what we want it to be so we have people in our church that want to make our church something they want it to be mm-hmm. instead of trusting us as the leadership the same way the nation of Israel wanted the king to show up and be something they wanted it to be. Yeah. And God shows up and says, no, I'm going to be the God that I need to be. Yeah. Uh, you know, so in leadership, we say a great leader takes you where you ought to go, not where you want to go. Yeah. Uh, God shows up and says, you're looking for a king. Oh, he's arrived. It just isn't the way that you want, right? And yeah. the way that you asked for. And now we get Jesus at the Sermon on the Mount. And I've always looked at it through this lens and you, you really just kind of put an umbrella over the teachings of what it taught was that it's kind of like you on Sunday when you, this is like the first sermon we get from Jesus and you don't get to speak a lot. So we joke around about the (laughs) sense of, you know, when you do, you're like, I got 14 pages of notes and I got to bring them down because you have so much you want to share, right? Because you're so geeked up and ready to go you've you've had all of your monsters and red bulls <laughs> you're you're just you're rolling and you are you have so much you want to share i do and your time is limited however jesus has a lot he wants to share yeah so he sits them down yeah and what we can read in probably 20 minutes over three chapters yeah you have to think about is a long 
teaching in a on a hillside, yeah, overlooking the Sea of Galilee, and he starts to lay down. These are the things I want you to know about my kingdom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I even think of it as simple, simple as at that time, a rabbi would sit down and teach. And that was his way of like authority. That was his posture of authority and everyone else would be standing. And, and, and just look at how culture is today where, you know, it's literally the opposite now, right? Wouldn't we, I, I would love to sit down and just bring a word, right? So it, it's just even, I, even I can't the simplest form like that. I got too much energy. Yeah. I try. I, I just, agree. I bounce I right know. back up and know. I'm all yeah. over the stage again. <laughs> but I can only imagine how, how, how just he did it in such a peaceful manner and it's beautiful man because that's how our god is he's not one and i think the sermon on the mount is 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 is, is an invitation an invitation and when you're inviting someone it's an invitation it's an intimate moment it's a it's a breaking down anything or everything and i'm saying i'm inviting you i'm inviting you to my home i'm inviting you to my space i i trust you um I'm, I'm not coming in with any walls. I'm not coming in with any defenses. I'm not coming in with any, um, you know, any extra uh, enthusiasm or energy. I'm coming quietly and inviting you to come to my space and be with me. And so it's beautiful, man. But here he is, man. He's just, he's hitting them. He's hitting them from Matthew 5 through 7. The Sermon on the Mount is teaching us, love your enemy. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Be salt and light. The least shall be the greatest. Turn the other cheek. Give to the poor. I can go on and on. He's even showing them how to pray, how to not be anxious, how to fast. Like he's just going on this tangent. And and I told the church, I said, man, I wonder if some of us just need a, a, a quick refresher course on all this stuff. Because culture is teaching us the total opposite of what Jesus is doing now. It's almost a reflection of what the culture was at that time. What this we're is the disruption. Now. It is. Right? That, you, that you're honing in on. Yeah. And that, first of all, you set it up so, so beautifully. For those that are going to read the Sermon on the Mount this week, because we didn't go through it verse by verse. No, we didn't. You know, the... To read it as an invitation to come sit at the feet of Jesus and let him give you the plans for what it looks like to be disciples in his kingdom, Mm. where he rules and reigns. Because that's really what the kingdom of God is about. It's where Christ rules and reigns. So if he rules and reigns in our heart, then we are members, we are agents, we are are people of God's kingdom wherever we go. And for those who are like, well, what does it look like to follow Jesus? If I really want to follow Jesus, what does that mean? He lays it out step by step in the Beatitudes. Blessed are these people, salt and light. Uh, You know, like just like you said, loving your enemy, loving the, helping the poor. In fact, he gives it to you right there in that place, which is disruptive to the way of their culture. Yeah. It is. It is. It's disrupted to their culture. And as I mentioned, you know, it's like here they are listening to these things. But what is currently happening to them is the total opposite of what he's telling them. And so I I, I, I really challenge the congregation with this question. What do you do when the expectations are just not meeting your current reality in life? And so he, the reality of our culture right now, because I flipped it over to us. We know the the reality of their culture at that time. 
it was the total opposite of what Jesus was preaching. But what is the current reality right now to us in our life? When Jesus is telling us, hey, love your enemy, but you don't ever look for reconciliation with yours. You just ghost people, right? Like, blessed are the peacemakers, but, but everyone is against me in my life. You, you have that defense up. There's never peace in your life, right? Be salt and light, but but yet you you can't because you're so heavily weighed down by depression. You're so heavily weighed down by unbelief in yourself. Don't be anxious, but yet we're in a, we're in a culture that that is freaking you out for every single thing that comes out. I'm I'm here. Uh, we we were out of cable or out of internet this past week for like four days. So I'm like, I told my kids, I'm just going to turn on the TV and the, and, and the news was on. And, 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 and I, 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 I am glad that it came on because it, it kind of showed my kids a lot of the negativity that's happening in the world. And, and at the end of it, we turned it off and they said, holy, they were like, holy cow, dad, like there's a lot of bad things happening here. And they never really sat down and watched the news the way they did. But the culture is teaching you, you need be worried about this, be worried about that, you know, wear this, don't wear that, uh, protect yourself with this, don't protect yourself with that. It's like you're, you're driven to so many angles that it's just causing you to, 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 to shy away, to freeze, to be paralyzed. And you, 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 you know, Jesus is just teaching us to give in quiet, to pray in secret, but yet we can barely pay bills. We can barely pray. Our inconsistency in prayer is just out, out everywhere. So in a way, we are very close, if not the same, to the culture, to, to that to the culture that it was back then. That's the revelation of the Bible. Yeah, bro. It reveals to us what they did wrong, but it also can reveal to us, to us what we're doing wrong. Yeah, man. You said the Sermon on the Mount is to confront yourself and your misconceptions mm. to show your need for a savior and what you just laid out was so eloquent in that when we talk about disruption of Jesus's teaching, it confronts every area of your life. And my question to you would be this. When we talk about being covered in the dust, powdered by your rabbi's teaching, the expectations of what it means to be in the kingdom of God versus the reality of how most people are living shines a really bright light on what we're actually dusted in. Mm. And we talked about that last week. What are we following, right? What are we, what are we, what dust are we taking in uh, that's in front of us? And, and, and that's, that's, that's a huge piece of what it takes to be a disciple of Jesus, but not only to follow him, but understand the kingdom ways. As you begin to understand the kingdom ways, it is going to break down the walls and the barriers of your life. It's going to shine a light into uh, what you thought might have been restrictive, what you thought maybe might have been the way, right? Well, this is what, this is it. This is it. There is, you know, and that's the thing, man. Like the Pharisees were weighing down the people with a list of do's and don'ts. Thou shall not, you know, do this because this will happen. And Jesus is saying, hey, listen, what I'm giving you is light. Like you said last week, the yoke you'll carry is light. And so what I'm giving you today is not a list of do's and don'ts but of lists of how or, 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 or ways of how, or how to become 
a disciple and someone that lives in the kingdom's ways. The key word you just said is become, because that's what we're doing. We're becoming disciples. So what you're forced to do is look at what you laid out and say, yes, am I becoming someone that learns to love my enemy? Or am I still being the person that never tries to reconcile, that holds crudges, that doesn't turn the other cheek? Because it's very disruptive to hear someone teach. When someone smacks you on one side, turn the cheek the other way. And then you go, well, does that mean I'm not supposed to fight back? Uh, That's not what that passage is even talking about. That passage is saying when someone dishonors you, because that's what it meant to smack you on the face. It meant to totally dishonor you, disrespect you. Right, we live in a culture of you know of where we, we we won't respect. No one can say anything to us that offends us, or we're gonna lose our mind. Yeah. What happens when someone does? Are you are you at peace enough to turn the cheek? Meaning, I'm not gonna let that throw me off today. Yeah, as a follower of Jesus, or are you gonna overreact when you say like be salt and light? Yet we live in depression and unbelief. Mm-hmm. There is the reality that people do walk in depression. It's real. However, there is also the reality that God pulls us out of those dark places. And if we're not coming out of them and coming into the light for who he is, what he's done, what he's given us, that should give us enough life to lift us up out of some of it. If we're choosing to stay there, there's a problem. Like you said, when you're being anxious and worried, if you continue to live that way, then you're not getting dusty with the words of Jesus when he says, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about what you eat. Don't worry about what you wear. I know what you have and I'll provide for you. Giving in quiet, praying in secret, those types of things. Like you said, you laid it out because they're real situations for people. And this teaching of Jesus does just that. It totally disrupts. And so when his disciples came to him, they were coming to him to sit at his feet and take this in. Yeah. And that's really probably the first challenge step for us is, are we coming and sitting at the feet of Jesus to learn from him? Or are we going out to the world, letting it affect us in our everyday lives, and then just kind of sprinkling in Jesus at the end of the week? It's true. It's so good, man. God's disruptions ultimately break our misconceptions, like we spoke about, but it also helps us, as we've been saying, to rethink life the way he intended. And so what was that? What's been God's intention all this time? the last 35 weeks that we have spent in the never-ending story is to, is to reestablish that covenant with man, to be with them again like it was in, back with Adam and Eve, to have that intimacy. But now we have it through his son, right? And that's what God is longing for. And so it ultimately brings that disruption. It brings the direction and the fulfillment that we want. And so I went back because as simple as this verse was, as you said, in Matthew 5, 1, it's, it's the back end of this just really, sh- just it like it was like a light bulb moment, man. It just, you know, I, I read this verse, and, and if you just read it quick, you don't get it. But as you dissect it, it's like, oh, my gosh. And so I love this part. It says, seeing the crowds, he went up to the mountain, and when he sat down, this is where it is, his disciples came to him. And so God's disruption will ultimately bring you to the feet of Jesus, right? And, and that is where it's leading you, to the feet of Jesus. And, and, and you touched on this in last week's pod, but I had, to, I, had to, I had to steal it, man. 
but it was just the analogy or the storyline of Mary and Martha and how both were just in the right, right? They both, many think that, that Martha was just occupied and she was, but there wasn't nothing wrong with what she was doing. She was making preparations for her Messiah and Lord. But Mary was the one that just chose the honorable thing, right? It's like, could those things have waited for Martha? Yeah, right? And, 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 but, but, to, but, but knowing that there is, in that particular moment, knowing that there is just a little bit more time that we have with him, could you maybe just wait on that stuff, you know? And, and I just love, I love the way this picture just, it shows this picture and depiction of, of, of Mary just sitting at the feet of Jesus and just soaking in everything that he's saying, enjoying his presence. And that is what this disruption causes you to do if it's a godly disruption. It shows, it shows that discipleship is for everyone. Yes, bro. Men and women. Yeah. First and foremost. It shows us Mary being a disciple fully sitting at the feet of her rabbi. That's what they would come do as they sat down. However, as we said, so was Martha. What did we read last week? Open your home to the rabbis and then cover yourself in the dust of their feet. Yeah. She was opening her home to the rabbi. She was fulfilling it as well. She was making the preparations. She was making sure everything was ready to go. They were both being disciples but Jesus does say that when Mary sat down at his feet, she did the more honorable thing. That wasn't that Mary did a negative thing. We have misconstrued that passage of scripture for yeah. far too long. Yeah. They were both being disciples playing a part. He just said, listen, it's more honorable when I begin to teach that you sit down and listen. Was it a disruption to Martha? Right? Yeah. Right. It's a, and so again, it's, it's, that's what Jesus was doing all this time Correct. is just constantly bringing disruption to what you think is good, what you think is right. Yes, sometimes it will be, but man, like here comes Jesus understanding the still and quiet voice of God will lead you to understand what he's wanting to do at that particular time, right? I always, I, as I'm saying this, I think about how, you know, many of us are constantly making decisions in our life and most of them are good, but are they what God wants for you, right? And so like, I think of that because that's the disruptive thought process that God brings too, because a lot of things may seem right for man, but only the Lord determines your steps. That's a disruption, man. Often people are like, well, I, I want God to use me for this in my life. And then you pull up to a stoplight and someone needs help. And God's like, here's your moment. That's a disruption. It's going to disrupt your day, but here's your moment. And we don't take it because it's we don't so want to be disrupted. Yeah. So it's no different in our faith that that we want the disruption of Jesus yeah. and God. But when he gives us opportunities, we don't take them yeah. because we don't want them to disrupt our life. However, yeah. we're letting other things disrupt us all the time. Yeah. And that's the reality of discipleship is the discernment in what is more honorable. And so as a father who has a child who played collegiate basketball, we were all things sports right? I know what it takes. I know what it means to have trainers and travel ball and all of that. 
at the same time, we had to discern what was more honorable. So we are not doing basketball tournaments tournaments on Mother's Day. We're not doing basketball tournaments on Easter weekend, which is a national tournament in Orlando. We're not doing the we're not traveling all the way up there. We put in our own boundaries because this is more honorable that we worship, that we serve, that we go on a missions trip, which is going to cause you to miss something. What is more honorable? And am I allowing the other thing to disrupt the more honorable? Or am I actually allowing God to disrupt my life and my schedule and my routine and my plans? And even to this day, my son played two years of college basketball. Obviously, the thought was four. But God disrupted his life and now is using him on a whole different path that none of us saw coming. Because this is what God does. He disrupts you in this way. But you have to be alert and aware to allow the disruption to happen. And we want it. We want it. We pray it every day. I guarantee you, everyone that's listening here and as a follower of Jesus, your prayer is always, God, have your way in me. God, do what you want to do in my life. God, lead me. God, this or that, right? And it's it's exactly what Jesus was saying in Scripture as he's teaching them how to pray. Thy will be done, thy kingdom, right? right? Thy, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? Uh, and he's, he's telling them, listen, you're, this is how you should pray, but be ready for his will to be done in your life because his will will not be what you think you're, you know, it'll look like. And so it's just, man, it's a constant understanding of, 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 uh, and pivoting, pivoting our lives to his will and what he desires to do because if we're locked and loaded on what we want, if we're locked and loaded on our situation, our struggle, um, our bubble, um, th- then there is no disruption from God. You read this quote, and I love it from you know uh, one of my favorite books. Though the Jewish people, though the Jewish people believed God was going to redeem the world by bringing it under His reign, most didn't understand what kind of king He would be. That was the essence of Jesus's message to explain that God was different than any king they had ever seen or imagined all the way back to King Saul when they wanted one like all the other nations, right? And that his Messiah, his savior, his son was different as well. And that really kind of just landed the plane for you in the sense of, as you said earlier, this Sermon on the Mount's not a list of do's and don'ts. It's a list of things we are to become yeah yeah I, I i i that one really hit me man because you know we 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 look at the sermon on the mount as just this these rules and regulations even till this day right now um and and if we look at it with that that perspective uh, we're gonna miss out on a lot of what jesus is showing us um but like we said earlier he's not only showing his life he's teaching us his ways because this is who we are to become this is the way right my son and i love the mandalorian uh if there's any star wars people but uh one saying that they always uphold uh is this is the way and it basically it roots itself from their loyalty to one another right their their loyalty to each other their loyalty to their to their rules and and regulations their tra- the code of traditions and ideals like if we're ready to make this 
If we're, if we're learning this, if we're making a big decision on this, then, then, then we're all in agreement. This is the way, right? And, 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 and I brought it in a sense of like, this is Jesus saying, this is the way. If you are going to understand me, then you need to understand my, the kingdom's ways because this is the way that everything functions. The end of the Sermon on the Mount, you challenged everyone to read it this week. We do yeah. the same, right? Yeah. Go through it section by section, verse by verse. Make notes, ask questions, write on a tablet yeah. the things that you can currently align your life with and the things you're struggling to align your life with, yeah. the things that uh, you want to become versus the things you're not. Let it be living and active in you. But the end of the Sermon on the Mount, ends this way. And when Jesus finished these sayings, this collection of teachings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching. So they're amazed. Why? Because it's anybody listening. This is disrupting. As we said, this is a rabbi's interpretation and they haven't heard it this way. They've not heard it this way from anyone else for he was teaching them as one who had authority not as their scribes. So they're in amazement that the authority on which he is presenting these things in the interpretation is not like anything they have heard anywhere else before. And that is the reality for us is the teachings of Jesus are not like anything else you will find anywhere. And you really just drove the hammer uh, all the way down when you said you cannot divorce the Sermon on the Mount from a relationship with Jesus, they go hand in hand. Yeah, yeah, man. It's the it's the very it's an invitation. It's the very heart of God, and 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 I and and I just you know for us to understand and to to learn the Sermon on the Mount is to understand His ways, how the kingdom operates, and and that's our challenge for you guys this week, is to really uh, take this, read it, break it down. Uh, and, 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 and have a self-evaluation moment, right? Don't think about it. Sometimes we'll, 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 we'll have, we'll, we'll read these things and we're thinking of other people and how they should change. This is a self-evaluation. Am I, am I being the salt and light? Am I being the peacemaker? Um, have I thought a certain way that maybe is not the way that needs to be thought or approached a certain situation the way I need it? This is a very convicting and, and, and shining of a lighting moment in your life, opening all the skeletons, the closets, skeleton closets in your life, and, and letting the light of God shine through that. That is, that, that is what the Sermon on the Mount does for all of us. Let your light so shine that they, may, they the world, the non-believers, may see your good deeds so there's action in your faith. It's not just belief, it's following. Yeah. And glorify your Father who is in heaven. Your life, when you're dusted by this rabbi, will glorify God in heaven as you live in faith on earth. Coming in hot, baby. Let's go. Yes. Let's, let's, hey, great job. Man, this, uh, I tell you, like, this wasn't easy. This was a lot, you know, there was a lot, there's a, there's a big chunk. Yeah. And um, this is like the bread and butter, man, of, of Jesus' entire message to Jerusalem into the world like this is our this is the stance that God has um this is the how would you call it man the manual the playlist 
right? As we're getting ready for the NFL season, this is the, 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 the call, the play call sheet. You want to be a part of this team? You need to understand the plays that we're running. And if you don't, then this past week, was they cut from 90-something players to 53. And, like, it, it's just, it just is what it is. Like, so. We will read. Are you, those listening will read at some point. Many in the crowds walked away. Yeah. Only a few followed. Yeah. Discipleship moves you from belief to follow. It does. And that is the beauty of it. And uh, so once again, we challenge you, read the Sermon on the Mount in its fullness and, uh, and use that as, as a really a barometer to how you're living and following Jesus. And so um, the reality is I look way better in this chair than you do. <laughs> and I think that I should sit here <laughs> more often than I do. That only means one thing <laughs> is that I've sp- I have to speak more. There, okay. And, yep. and I, and I don't we're, know. I don't know if we're I'm working ready. working towards that. I don't know if I'm ready for that We're challenge. working towards that. <laughs> Every time you do great. I always tell you Pastor Tim, hey, listen, job. man, like give me like a month in advance. But those days are not going to be coming The soon. beauty is to go, hey, you're covering the Sermon on the Mount, and you're like, wait, three full chapters of the Bible? <laughs> and I was like, no, you can't do that all in one Sunday service. So we got you got to scale this back and yet – Yet spur people on to go themselves. Chapter five for the eight fifteen. Chapter six That's for the nine. About what it would chapter take. Chapter seven for eleven. <laughs> I realized that at some point the the post Sunday podcast is going to be a Sunday evening event, Bro. <laughs> on stage with a live audience, oh so that we can just roll through everything we don't get to cover on Sunday, or yeah, even man. I mean, even the podcast today. There's so much in the Sermon on the it Mount. Is. It's like we need to come back and teach through it chunk by chunk by chunk. And maybe we'll do that down the road. Who yeah. knows? That, I had my cousin, just quick story. My cousin uh, literally this morning hit me up and was like, hey, where can I find this? Right. And that's what I see in my notification tab. I'm like, what's she talking about? So I hit the notification tab and it's literally, and this is in Facebook. It's it's a story, um, a story uh, mode um, uh, shot of, of our of our podcast. And, uh, Let's go. And so I'm like, I send her the link on Spotify, and and yeah, and 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 I'm like, honey, have you been listening? Because she'll. Me- it's funny. She mentioned something from last week. She because I'm wearing the Billy Graham shirt today. She's like, you wearing your uh, your <laughs> what? What was the other guy? Um, Biggie. No, not Biggie. The uh, the other pastor. Uh, Benny Hinn. You wearing your Benny Hinn shirt? Today? No, we ain't got no Benny Hinn shirts here. <laughs> Not on this pod. You know, I corrected her. I'm like, no, honey, this is this is Billy Graham. She's like, I'm I'm kidding from last week's episode. You know, so like, that's fantastic. Yeah, they're, they're wow. paying attention, man. Good stuff. Love our listeners. God is working. God is moving. And for all of you that listen and watch regularly, uh, we thank you. We appreciate you. As we always say, and uh, maybe since I'm sitting in this chair, we'll get a better response. Uh, send in your questions. Uh, you can email us at postsunnypodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram, and then you can just message us right there with your questions. If you have read through the Sermon on the Mount this week, like we're challenging you, then I'm sure you're going to come up with some questions we would love to answer on some future podcasts as we move forward through the life of Jesus. At least that's the section that we're in right now. But as always, follow us on uh, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, on Instagram, on TikTok, 
Uh, you can get lots of content. We, the ways you can help us is by sharing that content with your friends, uh, with coworkers, with family members, getting it out there, hitting that like button, those reviews, all those types of things. Continue to help us use this platform to help people understand the words of God in a deeper and different way. And so this week, our challenge to each of you is that you would let the teachings of Jesus disrupt your life. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando and at Post Sunday Podcast. Till next time, grace and peace to all of you.